Hey, yo, what's good, everybody? It is your man, B. Vaughn, with We Create Music TV. And today on our interview segment, we got my man, hip-hop music producer and groove creator, Hey Bombay. Man, y'all give it up for Bombay. Yo, 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 what's good? What's good? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, look, there's going to be some other sound effects that happen you know, doing this whole show, yes. but yes, yes, man, yeah. brother, it's good to have you on the show. Glad that, you know, we were finally able to, uh, to bring you on, just talk about your, your musical journey. Yo, thank you for having me, man. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, so let's just dive right into it. So just mm -hmm. walk us through, walk us through your musical journey. How'd you even get started into this whole music world? So yeah, man, uh, it's crazy. So when I first started doing like music production, I think I was in high school. Like I used to mess around on Fruity Loops. Uh, and basically like we had all the school computers and I used to download FL Studio, like the cracked version on every computer so that I could go and pretend to do assignments and I'll make beats. Uh, growing up in the Middle East, uh, music production wasn't like a big thing at that time. It's, you know, it's, it was more like a hobby by that point. Then I went to university and then eventually um, I just started getting really into like music production just as a way to like, uh, you know, make, get myself busy and be more creative. Right. Uh, so then I found out, you know, music like, like from Pete Rock and mm -hmm. like Gangbar and uh, like, you know, different like hip hop boom bap producers. And I always used to wonder, I'm like, yo, how did, where do these guys get these, these records from? Like, all, like the way they would flip mm. them was interesting to me, right? So from there, I started like listening to like the, the original artists, Bobby Humphrey, uh, Gil Scott Heron, you know, like Dexter Wanzel. So I was mm -hmm. like going to rabbit hole and I just kept going and going mm -hmm. and going. Then eventually, yeah, man, like I just amassed a huge record collection and now with Spotify and stuff like that, <laughs> I listen to as much different music as I can. And then, uh, yeah, it, then from there, like, just listen to all the different types of music kind of gave me more appreciation for, for, like, the black arts, you know, for, like, you know, different types of genres, like bossa nova, uh, even, like, you know, raga music from India. So it, it's, like, I'm still learning a lot about, about, about that kind of stuff. But, yeah, man, it's, it's been a beautiful journey, dude. I, I wouldn't take it, you know. I would always, always remember that. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, so growing up uh, in the Middle East, uh, you stated that music wasn't a, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, was it non-existent? Yeah. Well, like, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I went to private school. I went to a private ah, school. There. Okay. So, like, private school, it was, it was like a lot of British kids and British teachers. So, mm. like, if I told hey, I, you know, I make music and I pulled up FL Studio, you had all these guys from the cello and the violin and the keyboard. They're like, and then, <laughs> and then I'm like, here with the bring up the desktop. I'm like, yo, I made this to them. They couldn't comprehend it. Now I think it's mm. easier. So mm -hmm. it's way better than it ever was, right? But growing yeah, up, man, sure. I I couldn't even show that to my fam because they'll be like, yo, like just learn to play the play the keyboard or something. Mm -hmm. You know, they be like, what is this? Where's the as an Indian family? They're always wondering, like, okay, how do you make money from this? <laughs> how do you make money, right? How do I tell your future, your future wife's parents that you're making money in this mm -hmm. field? Right? It's just like a, 
arranged marriage kind of thing, right? But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it was hard. It was it was difficult, but yeah, it was mm. uh, it is what but it is. What, what what were some of the difficulties uh, around it? Like like in in high school or uh, just in general. Like, yeah, you you stated. Yeah, you stated it was hard. I mean, what were some of the difficulties difficulties around around it? What made it hard or difficult uh, during that time? Well, like, I, I think I think also like in, in private, I wasn't a very, I was like an average kind of student because uh, I, I was so kind of like so I was. I used to you know I had a big CD player and like the teachers used to say yo no music. I used to like have like an extra big jacket and like that's right. Like, that's and, right. Like, I used to pretend I was You're lefty, like, right? <laughs> so I'd be doing my work like you, this. You, you in school like... <laughs> <laughs> like this, right? And then, yeah, dude, hip-hop music, unfortunately, you know, there was a lot of negative connotations to it because at that time, mm. growing up, it was like Lil John. It was like a lot of, like, like I would say, quote-unquote. Um, it just wasn't respected, right? And then when I was listening to it, I was listening to, like, you know, in high school, like the Neptunes, Timbaland, all those guys were like super popular, right? But then at that, when I was in high school, 16, 17, doing the FL thing, yeah, it was a lot of like ratchet music. So everybody just assumed, like this is before like internet was blowing up, right? So everyone just assumed you're making like this type of music. And there's like a negative connotation to it. There's like, that there was no creativity. Well, that's, that's, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. There's always creativity in everything, whatever you do. So right. like for, for me to like, be like yo this is how i want to make music and be, these guys have like symphonies playing you're like you know then they'll make you feel like yo this isn't like a legitimate thing and as a young person mm. i'm listening to my fam, I'm listening to my teachers it's like yeah cool just going with it you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah but, i mean because you know you got your peers and your environment that are kind of shaping you know your beliefs and perceptions about about music and so if you yeah. if they Oh, that music is never going to go anywhere. You're never going to get anything out of it. You're wasting your time. And, you know, that kind of, you know, sits in your head and kind of feeds into, you know, your own beliefs. It's like, well, maybe you're right. Maybe I shouldn't do it. You know? Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Crazy because, like, I mean, I there's these parts I'm like, you know, I wish I could show them, like, Parliament Funkadelic. And I wish mm. I could show them like, these crazy bops they have in the 70s and 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Because, and even how, like, you know when when like rappers like nas or like jay-z would like paint these amazing vivid pictures of what mm-hmm. it's like to be environment. even dr dre i remember chronic 2001 like there was the most like bro it was, it was like the language of that album was crazy i remember buying the cassette album was tape. crazy yo and like i used to roll, <laughs> roll hey the mom. era <laughs> the era of tapes <laughs> and we'll be rolling down the street and it'd be like the most obnoxious raps but even then like those raps made you and it made me feel like damn this is what la must feel like you know that, yes that yes Amazing. yes and that's you know and that's what i love about music is because when you have a good music so we'll stay on we'll stay on the chronic 2001 when you have a good when you have great production i can't even say good amazing production you know, you have artists who are on there that really have artistry and they can tell a story and they're really good at storytelling, right? It can paint that picture and it can kind of put you in that place. It's like, wow, wait a minute. I'm really on Crenshaw and Slauson. 
You know, <laughs> like this is what it must feel like. I'm gonna be on Crenshaw and Slauson. Like this must what it. Oh, I'm at the swap meet. You know, like like this is kind of, you know, and I love that. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I feel that from music today. I don't know if I feel that same. Wow, that's what it must feel like to be in this particular place, because when I was growing up, now I'm, now you, yeah, I'm, I think I'm much older. You know what I'm saying? But it's all good. But <laughs> when I was growing up, you know, in, that's when NWA was coming out. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's when NWA was coming out. Um, yeah. That's when, you know, Ice T was out. Wow. Yeah. Colors. That's tough. <laughs> you have a lot of experience, man. Like, you've really seen it. Like, really yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen. I can't say I, I've seen the birth of hip hop, but I mean, I was born in 74. So after, uh, but I was there for when the Run DMC got started, when the LL Cool J came into play, when the Curtis Blow came onto the scene. Like, I remember listening to hip hop music back in the day. And it, they, they made you feel like a part of what they were presenting in their music. You know, like Easy e I'll tell you like what Easy e said. He said, you know, we are telling what goes on in our hood, in our music. And I miss that. I, I don't know if that's the, I don't know if I get that same thing today from some of this music that I hear today, but. Yeah, I mean, you know. I think, I feel like, yeah, hip hop music, I, I don't feel it as much. I agree with you. Like when it, when it comes to like genres, like hip hop, I haven't really felt it. I feel like more like like music from the UK, like, like mm -hmm. Eddie Wall kind of guys, I feel like, okay. I think it's the way they use their slang and the way mm -hmm. like the, and the way it's produced is very unique. Same with like Afrobeat. Like I, I listen to right. Afrobeat. Like yo, this this stuff is fire. Like this kid's album is just like makes you. I know it's like sometimes it gets like negative ten here. But I'm just like I just want to go party. <laughs> fire. This is like some dope beats, right? R and B too. But yeah, I I agree. There's no like kind of like it, did, it didn't transport me to a certain place I could used to. Right. Mm. It just gives me more mood than uh, than like a trans like a transport to a different culture. It's very, it's very interesting. Yes, it's, it's very, it's, you know, you mentioned that, you know, sometimes it gets 10 degrees that are there. For those of you who don't know where, where Hey Bombay is, he's in, you know, Toronto. And so, Toronto. <laughs> yeah. that's right, we international, baby. We international, right? We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's go, let's go. Let's go, international. <laughs> you know, so, so, so you went from, where you went from uh, where you were. Qatar is that where 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 exactly. okay I gotta make sure right so going from Qatar and going uh, from there to Canada going I guess some from somewhere that really didn't have a huge musical production uh, scene and then coming to Canada and now you are in like the new mecca of hip hop music <laughs> right so I mean when you when when you think of like hip hop music and you think of Canada you think of Toronto, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, like, like that's what you think of. You think of Toronto. Toronto is like L.A. and Atlanta, New York, probably all mixed, mixed together. I've never been to Canada. I, I want to come to Toronto. I actually, let me, let me tell you, I've never been to Toronto. But when um, who, who was about to become president? Was it Toronto? <laughs> we were like, we moving. We. Yeah. So 
<laughs> oh yeah, no, like for real. Like we you were know. like, we out of here. We we gonna move. If this is what the world's coming to, we're gonna like this guy as the president. Yeah, we just yeah, we're gonna leave. And so we did all the bro. I know this ain't my interview, but I'm just saying, like we did all the testing to move to Canada. We had to do the um, language test to show yeah. that we. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Language test. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. We did the we did the whole we did the language test. We went to the center and took the whole actual testing. We met with the person there. We had to submit all of our documentation and paperwork for. Oh yeah. We were gonna move to Vancouver though. But okay. Wow. Vancouver is really nice. Man. Yeah. Vancouver's we were gonna really move. Nice. Actually, we were gonna move to Vancouver, but we moved to Atlanta. So. <laughs> I love Atlanta. I mean, like they just call it like they just call it as it is, man. Like yeah. Atlanta's dope. Mm -hmm. um, like, I've been there twice now, and like I just love from what I've experienced. I just love the like the homeliness. Like I didn't mm. just go. People are very like in, inviting and warm, right. you know. And then it's just and it's just different. I uh, like it compared to Canada. Very very different. Toronto, everyone is everyone's polite. Right, mm. in Atlanta. I feel like I remember one time I was walking with a really bright pink shirt because I thought I was in Toronto. What are you wearing that for? And they were like, "Yo, what's up, the pink shirt?" <laughs> They're like, "Yo, this is weird." But yeah, man, it's it's cool. Yeah. Right. I mean, ninety. You know, ninety percent of the people that live in Atlanta are not from Atlanta. So. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I had a. Oh yeah. Ninety. I would say it's probably. I'm probably exaggerating. But there's a lot of people that I'm not from Atlanta and I live in Atlanta. And there's a lot of people that I know that are, live in Atlanta that are not from Atlanta. And so I had to get used to understanding that there are people here from different cultures and other different cities that still try to practice their culture in, in Atlanta. Like mm. I remember, uh, I forgot who I was talking, I was talking to somebody and they were mentioning how there's a lot of people you know, that move from New York down here. And New York and Atlanta are completely, now I've been to New York and I've been to Atlanta, of course I live here. You know, I can say, hey, what's up to everybody, anybody in Atlanta? Hey, what's up, how you doing? Random people. Yeah, not in New York. Hey, mm. hey what's up, man, how you doing? Hey, like, this dude got a problem? Like, why are you saying what's up to me? Like, and I would see that here in Atlanta, like, like, wow. And so people had to kind of adjust their own cultures based to the city that they're in. I mean, probably, yeah. probably like Toronto. You know, it's probably a, a melting pot of a lot of different cultures, a lot of different people that move yeah. to the city that, you know, that just makes it so diverse uh, and so affluent as as it is, you know. So so kind of talk about that. Kind of talk about the, the Canadian music scene in in uh, Toronto. And how does that influence your own your own musical style? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like. So when I initially first moved, I didn't really know anything about the city, like music wise. And just as like, I would go record digging, I would ask the guys at the store, hey, uh, could you give me some like local albums I could I could maybe purchase? I mean, Drake is like a well-known name, right? But uh, just like some back history, uh, the first local album I picked up that wasn't Drake was by uh, Aya. And it was produced by someone by the name of Slaka the Beat Child. And his stuff is very neo soul mixed with like Jake Dilla. It's very dope, very dope. So this is like the first CD I copped. And then mm -hmm. from then I'm like, okay, like I don't have to really make trap. Trap isn't really my thing. I can do trap, but it has to, but usually it's like R&B. It's kind of like R&B trap, right? Mm -hmm. So like uh, I listened to that album and I was like, oh, 
this is like it has those funky bass lines it has like those, those slumpy drums and okay. i kind of knew like okay this is the kind of tribe i want to be with like like this very like cool you know smoke and mirrors kind of kind of vibe, mm. right and from there man i just used to bro i used to grind like i used to have like packets of cds and business cards with like download codes on them and ah. i would go to like those and some of the local shows were terrible <laughs> they were like <laughs> negative 10 15 and i'm there like this this i was a bit more plumper and i had big glasses and mm. i used to just go on and we didn't have like i don't think i had a bow speaker at that time but i would just literally go around and be like yo check out my cds check out my big tips <laughs> you know and then eventually i just started doing i uh, started leaving that kind of side and mm -hmm. just started doing the producer events and like i think the first one it was like i standard when they came hey. here. Yeah. Shout out to the South, those guys, man. Because if it wasn't for them, like, bro, I, I don't know. Like, I was, you would probably still see me outside, like, the downtown, like, trying to hustle, like, we see mm. I don't know. Right? But after I did the Ice Standard um, events a couple of times, I started, you know, branching out to, like, I went to LA for one of the, the beat competitions, mm -hmm. uh, LA and Atlanta. And then, like, eventually, yeah, man, like, here as well. It's very interesting in this city too. I think around this time, there was a lot of collectives that were doing a lot of producer-run events, right? So we have like, mm -hmm. it was like loop sessions. We had um, uh, there was another one, but I haven't, I haven't done one in a minute. But like loop sessions was a big one, where like they would have guest curators, and you could basically like meet the curator and meet other producers around mm. you, and you guys can just start forming connections. We never we never had this when I went to LA. Uh, 2016 for the I standard uh, with Beast of the Beats. I just mm -hmm. everyone knew each other, and I was just like there, like hey, I'm from Canada. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on in, brother. Like <laughs> I was like, yeah, no. right? So mm -hmm. like, there, I just love that that connectivity amongst everyone. And then yeah, man. Eventually, like my sound as I started meeting up with more like-minded people, my sound started going towards more like neo soul. Like learning okay. more music theory and like getting away from the sampling, though I do like it. Um, and yeah, man, like it, it's just like an energy thing, right? Like mm. we all just met, you all just met, and all these things just started happening automatically without right. any kind of thing, resistance, right? That's Hope right. that answers. Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. You know, <laughs> shout out to you know. Let's give a shout out to Hatch, Jay Hatch, Sis. Yeah, what's up, man? Trill. Trill Collins, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like they yeah. I mean, you know, that's I mean that's how I met, you know, a lot of people were was through was through I standard, you know what I'm saying? Like as soon as yeah. I heard of an I heard of an I standard event, I was like, what's that? I want I wanna go to it. That's a producer event, I wanna go. And so I went to one in St. Louis, I took second, never been to Beast of the Beast of the Beats. Um You know, honestly the reason why I didn't go to Beast of the Beats because I didn't think I would place in yeah. And that's why, that's why I never went. I was like, at least I, w I took second place in the St. Louis one. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go and embarrass myself at Beast no, of the Beats. Beats? <laughs> Yo, that was the, my first time, man. I did that. I was so scared because I thought I was dope, right? I thought I was pretty good. Then I, I met, like, I don't know, some, some of my other homies, like, like Nabi and from L.A., met him. Mm -hmm. And I met so many dope producers in that event. And I thought I was petrified because I was um, yeah. just like, you know, I was just like, yo, 
I don't even know how to play the keyboard, bro. Like, I don't even know. I'm just kidding. I'm just making loops. <laughs> yeah, like, oh. Yeah, I was scared. Like, like when I first heard, um, I, I'm going to tell you what did it for me. When I heard uh, Kenny Buttons, and when I heard uh, Nook, oh, when I heard Nook, oh my gosh, and, yeah. and Nook, is, Nook is so, and I got to get Nook on the show too. I'm going to call him uh, sometime this week and talk to him and get him on here. But uh, when I heard him stuff, you know, and Nook, he's, and he'll do his, doop, bloop, bloop, like, I was like, oh no. I said, no, just, just their arrangement and their drops and the way that they told yeah. their, oh yeah, no, nah. I was like, I don't make beats for beat battles. I make beats for an R&B singer to sing on so they don't, you know, or maybe a, yeah, but, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to no beast yeah. to beast at all. I got to face, I got to face them and Miss Madly and you know what I'm saying? Like, no. I'm yeah, good. man, I remember Kenny, I remember meeting Kenny and I was like, this guy has so much goddamn energy and just like, yo, it's just like this, there's like a lot of intimidation, right? I took mm -hmm. the flight, me and my me and my friend, we both took a flight out to LA for the first time together, right? So me and her, we're like, we're like chilling, we're enjoying the sights and sounds of Los Angeles. And then we go to the event, bro. We're like in this dark, dingy kind of like venue. Oh yeah. Literally, I'm just like, yo, I'm, I got butterflies. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, playing it to Toronto, right? And I remember my first beat was like, was like pretty, it was, like I had an intro that I wasn't, I was kind of hope I was like kind of scared that I might get beaten up <laughs> in LA. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if they don't like it. But yeah, man, I remember the first beat they played, the first battle, and both these guys threw everything at the kitchen sink. Bro. And yes. I was like, I was like yo, yep. I think I just <laughs> I like, yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so, so that's why, that's why I was like, nah, I'm never, I'm not gonna do it. Sick, no, sick with it, nope. The Kraken, nope. Brown Royal, nope. Nope. Brown Royal, oh my God. Nope, no yeah. thank you. I mean, and when, when Dallas takes it three years straight, no thank you. I'm not gonna against yeah. anybody. I'm not gonna against any of y'all, you know what I'm saying? But you know, what's so amazing about that is that you have people who are amazing producers and they have recognition, but a lot of them have never won a beat battle. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I remember Mark Bird has never, he, he didn't win one. S1 didn't win one when he was doing it. But I mean, when you think about where they are now and where, where their career has, has taken them, I mean, they produce with Kanye West, Beyonce, Jay-Z, and the caliber of people that they're producing for, Rhapsody. But yeah, they, never won, they never won that beat battle. So it's kind of like, wow. And at that, that particular moment, I was like, well, maybe there's hope for me. <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. I, I, I like what you said about like, like S1 bird and stuff because it's like I think when it even comes to beat battles and just making making money as a career in this business, I think it's like I think one thing I've learned is space, space and production, right? Like I would throw a lot of things at, at a production, and most people, I think most artists, they're trying to navigate through through that. Like they're trying to find the space for themselves, right, to sit in, in into the song. But when you have something that's really wide and has a lot of like pockets where they can get into, it just makes them much more, um, like it's, it makes it easier for them to get their ideas out. You know what I mean? I, I remember like, I would just throw like so many things cause I think I'm in beat battle mode, but then it's like the artist, like my homie, she'll be like, yo, like, why do you have all this stuff here? Like just take everything out and just add the drums and the keys. 
And then I'll be like, cool. And she'll, she'll just start writing to it. You know what I mean? And yeah, I think that's what it comes down to, right? Like beep owls are great for you to like, um, first to kind of gauge how you mm-hmm. are here's also to kind of think creatively out of the box to make that those those like transitions and mm. make your production more exciting right mm-hmm. but it's such a when they're working with songwriters you know like you can't you can't make it like a beat battle with just like switch ups everywhere because like right. the whole world might be, I like this beat you know why you change it <laughs> i like it no, i don't like it you know yeah yeah you know and you know and that's what i had to learn from beat battles because yeah. when I think about it, I did do two. I did two. I did one in St. Louis, and then I did one at the beat camp in Atlanta. Uh, I don't know if you. I don't know if you were, if you were at that beat camp. It was the one where uh, they thought they had an active shooter on the uh, campus. Was it twenty seventeen? Was it twenty seventeen? Was it twenty seventeen? No, I moved here in twenty eighteen. Okay. It had to be like 2017, 2016, 2017, something like that. Uh, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. They thought they had an active shooter on the campus of where uh, Hatch and them were having the uh, having the beat camp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we had and then we had the um, beat battle at uh, I forgot the club, but the club is no longer open. Um, I can't remember the name of the club, but that's where we had it. And it was and I did I did it there. And uh, Focus was a judge. S1 was a judge. Bink was a judge. Uh, and I, I did, I did that one. I mean, I lost, but <clears throat> I, I remember doing that one. But what I, but kind of what you said, what I did learn from it, takeaways is that it helps you to gauge uh, your own musicality as far as how you're making the music. Uh, and that's what I had to learn is like, okay, I don't really make music for this, for this. I make music for, you know, songwriters and artists to put on albums because there's no way that I could make a song for an R&B singer and they got all these switch-ups and drops and, yeah, I mean, there's just no way. And I I never grew up in that type of production environment, you know. It was all about making songs for for artists. But uh, I'm glad you talked about that. I'm glad you you mentioned that uh, because I was going to ask you about your own musical style uh, and how you uh, pursue, or at least pursue when you're making music, what your philosophy is behind your music making production. So if you want to, I don't know if you want to elaborate on that a little bit more, but I seen you on Instagram doing some stuff with the oh, SP. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I seen you, but on <laughs> Instagram. But yeah, man, honestly, uh, like my philosophy when it comes to music production, I just like, I wake up in the morning, I put on like my brush, my teeth, put on my boogie playlist just to get my day started. So like listen to some Kaushi for, you know, listen to some, you know, like different types of like like funky music just to get my get my heart up a little bit and then from there man yeah i just kind of put the camera on and i just record i try not to overthink too much even though that that does come into my frame uh but yeah whenever i make beats man i just kind of i might go around the studio get some percussions start playing with some stuff around um i usually i'll have a, an idea of how i want the beat to sound so i'll do like the tap tip on ableton and then from there, do the drums. Ableton. <laughs> yo, right. I'm kind of like, yo, I feel like I'm a Jehovah's Witness, bro, because like I'm always like carrying. Like, <laughs> like I have like other people at the studio, right? And I'm like, yo, you guys ever heard of Ableton? And like, you can do a lot with it. And then I got one person on, on the crew to, to get to it, right? Like, uh, but yeah, man. Honestly, when it comes to the music stuff, 
I try not to overthink it. Like mm. uh, I might, you know, I might play like chords that I'm, I, I really like, and I just from there, like I'll just start start to sound design it. You know, start okay. like like different synths, doing like different lines, adding like vocal samples, maybe some percussion stuff that I have loaded up, and then yeah, like that's just me just doing those beat videos. When I'm working with an artist, usually I'm like chilling with them. Then like we just talk about like, mm-hmm. live, what we're doing right now. We just talk, right? And right. then from mm-hmm. there, really bare minimum though, like bare minimum. I have like the drums. I'll just do something that they like, and then I'll just play like like three or four chords. Leave it at that. Let the let their mind go, right? And I'll add like mm-hmm. small lines around it, right? And then from there, like. Once we have like a rough vocal take, from there, like I'll start to really spice it up, do some switch ups, do some okay. like, different things. And I don't really, I, I don't, I don't have a genre that I stick to. I do like boom bap a lot. Uh, I do try to also branch out. I try to mess around with like Afro beats. Try to mess around more with like R and B stuff, more funk, boogie. Just, just depends, man. Like you know, like. I have a I have a project with with my homie Ice the One, so we dropped a couple of singles, and they've been very different. Like some have been like, some have been like boom bap, like like straight hip hop. Some have been like 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 Bryson Tiller R and B kind of kind of vibes, and then we dropped some funk stuff, right? And mm-hmm. you can work with her. I like I like the way she works because she takes it as a challenge, right? I think as producers, you know. If we work with, them, if you want to work with someone, we're like, well, let's make beats that are just catered towards them, right? Right. But then, but then maybe they want to work with you because you bring something super unique to the table, right? And vice versa. Mm-hmm. Like, and I remember, the, uh, like, it's crazy when we started doing these, like these these projects, like these songs. I would just throw her whatever. Like, I'll just throw her like a hip hop joint. I'll throw her like an Afrobeat joint. Mm. I'll throw her like dark R and B, and she'll come back with the vocals. Like the next day, and yeah. I'll be like, "Oh, that quick!" And then from there, like she would just give me the record. I will arrange it, mix it, and do I'll do my thing on it. And yeah, and I think that's that's the whole key of it, right? We all want to like push ourselves in in different ways, right? Like even mm. producer to think a little bit more outside the box, to really think about trying other genres, trying different chords, you know, working with different people that you would never have worked with before, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like bring bring something super unique to the table. Toronto, we have a very small scene, so it's mm. it's just, it's just only right, you know. Right. Yeah, I, I love that. I love the 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 diversity in your music. I love how you're able to take so many different styles of music and put them into into what you do, into your craft to generate a, a, a whole new a whole new sound. You know, versus just the regular trap beats. You know, you have 808s, hi hats, snare. Then you know some type of halftime piano, and you're like, "Oh, that's it. That's the song." But I, <laughs> don't get me wrong, dude. I love, I love, I love a ratchet 808. Like I just love that. Look, you know, look, don't oh, get. I look. Like, look, I, I just I feel you. <laughs> bro, I've been listening to Saweetie like when I'm working out, or sometimes like Doja Cat and Saweetie just comes on <laughs> Spotify. You're just like, yeah, this is dope. Like, 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 like it. Yeah, it, it took me a while to get used to uh, Panda from, Panda. Uh, yeah, it took me a while to get used to Panda. But now when I hear Panda, it's like, just because I, I love the, 
Yeah. Hey, fat. Like, like now, but when I first heard it, I was like, man, get this out of here. I don't hear this. But now I'm like, hey, don't let me drive. Panda, come on. I'm like, <laughs> or, 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 that, or that Bobby Shmurda uh, remix that they did uh, for uh, uh, Lucini, This Is It. Oh, man. I'm, oh, that's like, crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you haven't heard that, you got to check that. That is... Yeah, that's, yeah, I, a raw, I got that's a raw beat. They took they took Bobby Schmurda's, uh I forgot the name of the actual beat, but they took the Lucini This Is It What vocals and put it, you know, on that beat. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm a, I'm going to I'm gonna DM it to you on Instagram yeah, so you can Oh my gosh, that thing is hard. It's so it's so amazing, right? With like social media, they mash up like all these like classic joints mm-hmm. and then or like like what like people would consider like new era rappers i heard like one with michael jackson and pop smoke and i was like yo this is <laughs> yo that's crazy and i was like Billy Gina. <laughs> Billy Gina. Look, look look they better do it now because back then michael would be like nah i'm not doing it yeah. you know yo, yo, yo. i mean yeah michael was like nah me and pop smoke nope never gonna happen but now mike's gone if you got permission you could hey you say you got a song with Michael Jackson. He definitely <laughs> any of this stuff. And like, I mean, it's 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 it, it is insane, man. I remember mm-hmm. he, he I remember they were trying to give thong song to, to Michael Jackson. And like Michael was wait like minute, wait. Wait. Yeah, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. Like Wait. <laughs> they were trying to shout at Michael. Like, wait, wait, doing? wait. Wait, Cisco's thong song? Yeah. They're trying man. to get that to Michael Jackson. <laughs> 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 Michael be like thong thongs. <laughs> like, <laughs> it would have been in another universe. That thing would have been out of this world. <laughs> you know, you, but it makes sense, right? Because you're like, dang, 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 like, <laughs> like, yo! Taka tong tong, taka tong tong, taka tong tong. Taka tong, tong. <laughs> Bro, wait. <laughs> Dude, I would oh, die laughing when I heard. I gotta hear somebody need to do that. Let's do it. Oh, <laughs> great wait a minute. Oh my gosh, that would be hilarious. Oh man, but look, look, you know, people do that. They they start taking all of these. <laughs> I'm still wasting laughing at them. They just did one on Eminem. They did uh, a lo-fi. What, no, 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 I don't know if it's lo-fi, but they did. What if um, my name is was made today, and I gotta go listen to it. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm so th- I'm so tripping out that Michael Jackson is thong song though. Dude, <laughs> uh, like, I, I thought they were I thought they were trolling, right? Because I was like, how's that possible? Because just I think Michael he did make some like I remember like around a certain era he was getting a little raunchier, but like thong song right. I thought it would have been. Great, right? I think even the, the the Neptunes were trying to shop stuff to him as well, and that would have made more sense. But like, bro, can you imagine like Michael just coming out with like, he's like, yo, guys, I got a new song for you, and all these girls come out of dance, and his, his career is back. Oh my gosh! It's like you, okay, bro. Like you, rock my world was really dope, but like I remember hearing, hearing it as a kid, and I was like, all right. Dope, right? Like you rock my world was like dope, but as a kid, I was like, this isn't like I was listening to like Neptune's, right. Right? and I was mm-hmm. like, like Nori, nothing, all that stuff was popping, right? Tim, Timbaland, Missy Elliott, right? They did like a Dutch, so like, boom, 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 boom
So yes. as, as a kid, my mind is so used to those kind of percussive elements, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, what? So like, if my when when Michael came out with "You Rock My World," as an adult, I appreciated way more. But as a kid, I was like, this is cool. This is dope. But it's not right. like, not like, not like that stuff. So imagine mm-hmm. if you that song, it would have been like, <laughs> next level thing. I've been next. My- I I just can't imagine. I just can't believe. Like, yo, yo, we we need a Michael Jackson voice generator, and somebody need to do that. I need to hear. I need to hear the thong song. As I need to get one of the Michael Jackson impersonator people, and I need to have them (laughs) do thong song. The Michael Jackson yeah. version. I yeah, I need that. Ah yeah, I'll pay some money for that one. I'll buy that CD. Like let's, like I will like make a physical CD and I will buy it. Yeah, I want that <laughs> because that would yo, be cool. Yo, yo, this is the crazy thing too. <sighs> like, like we just don't know, right? Like how many unreleased demos there are. Like now everything is coming into into play, right? Like yeah. everything, like the internet, everyone is kind of telling their story about oh this happened in the studio this we had these records for this specific artist mm-hmm. and like like with drake is an example like all these demos getting leaked right like all these mm-hmm. dude who knows like in, in all these studios all around the world all these unreleased demos that no one is really can well they can't release anymore right yeah, I know. these pockets just like, oh, like i mean i mean there's so there's so much music that we're missing out on that we will never hear that we will yeah. never hear because they can't release them or then it never got sample clearance or it just didn't make the album or whatever and we will never hear those those songs like the michael jackson thong song like that just made my whole night right there like you pointed like an argentina <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> oh, oh man that just made my whole night right there like really Michael Jackson thong song, but yeah, man, man. So, so let's so let's go back for a moment. <laughs> let me get that. Let me get that out. Of the... <sighs> okay. <clears throat> so you talked about I stand it right, and you talked about going to beat battles, and you know learning from those beat battles. You know, at first there was an apprehension, like, mm, wait a minute, I don't know if. But then you kind of got into the groove. You kind of went to beat battles, and then there's a major beat battle that took place in Canada, which I actually watch regularly when they come on battle the oh, beat yeah. makers battle the yeah. beat makers yeah yeah battle the beat makers man thank you i gotta shout those guys out clifton is the uh, the guy who, who runs it great guy yeah about the beat makers man we all uh, the first time the first time i did it i i was a reserve so that means like i wasn't picked for the battle uh but um i could uh but hey, i wasn't picked for the battles exactly but i was like in a reserve basically if someone dropped out i can come back in so i remember they I, I remember a lot of people couldn't make the battle so i was the first one to like outside the door with my backpack my laptop i don't know why i took my laptop with me but i was just i was just there right in this packed venue and then literally like the first battle i did it was cool like I, I I lost that one, and I was like, okay, at least I didn't expect myself to be in that battle, but I was just happy that I did it. Right, it was like a personal mm-hmm. thing, I was like, oh, dude. Because dude, like when they did in 2016, 
this is this is before I went to I started for LA. Okay. It was a lot of people, man. It was a lot of people, and it was intimidating because there's this like, mm. like it's like a packed venue. So literally, I'm like there, and I'm like, all right, win or lose, people still like pick me up. They're like, yo, you just came like out of nowhere. You you had some you had some heat. But like cool. Uh, I said, okay, we'll do it next year. So next year, I got into the main event. Just, just mm-hmm. no. And from there, man, like I, I took a, a. This is how we talk about projection. I, I, I was projecting that I took a big L when it really wasn't. The guy mm. I was battling, Dago, was just a monster. He's just a monster beat maker, a producer. So, I and I really hurt my ego, and I was like, yo, I don't know if I can do these beat battles anymore, man, because I need to come correct. So literally, like, I just kind of sat down for the day, and I'm like, yo for the week and I'm like oh, and I remember I saw I was kind of like in the, in a zone like the negative zone like I was not feeling too good and I remember I saw Jay-Z he performed here and mm. like the next I remember I saw Jay-Z and bro like my, my heart came back and I'm like yo you gotta you gotta take this W now like you gotta win <laughs> the next year I slayed it I slayed it like I had like the whole place jumping because I think at this time too I was really experimenting with like house stuff I was experimenting with like more like upbeat beats, mm-hmm. right? In Toronto, it's so weird because you don't know what resonates with people, right? In America, like I feel like in my experience in America, people will let you know like, yeah, we like it or we don't like it, right? Right. Literally in Toronto, people will just look at you and then after you're done your set, they'll be like, hey man, that was a really dope set. And you're like, but I was looking at you, you weren't even doing anything. Like, <laughs> right, it is. And bro, I remember, so sorry, to deviate, I did controllerize right with stolen drums and my homies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a takeover, right? With the police at Vasquez too. And I remember I did my set. It was all like it was all like house stuff, right? All like upbeat kind of like kind of. Like, yeah, you know, this is like. Well, I, I was nervous because I was just like, bro, I, I don't even know because all my homies are boom bap producers, right? And the mm. lo-fi guy. So I was like, I don't know if this is gonna work, but let's take a risk. Stolen was like, do it, do it, right. do it. Yeah. So, bro, I remember I'm doing it, and I'm like, I'm feeling it. I look up, and no one is in front of me. Everyone's in the main room. It's like dancing, right? And I was like, yo, this is what I live for. Wow. <laughs> so, about the beat makers, I kind of like after like so back to 2018, like about the beat makers, I didn't know like what to expect, mm-hmm. like how I'm gonna react to these beats because usually the guys who won. Was very like trap heavy, very hip hop. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I came with some like, some like K Tornada kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. everybody loved it, right? And after that, the next year I, I placed again third. And after that, man, yeah, it was just it was just a dope experience. Like I just kept learning more and more about my production, right? Also, more importantly, about myself to be more secure in my production and more mm-hmm. secure in my career, my creativity, right? You get a lot of people like this also goes to like younger people right like everyone tries to get in your ear saying like yo you gotta make this type of piece to success or whatever but mm-hmm. dude anything is possible like um you can make anything you want and if people gravitate towards it that's that's your market right and yeah man i remember growing up i grew up in a private school like in in a in a place where like different cultures and personalities that for me just to be limited is so crazy to me that I'm like, that makes no sense. Like, mm. I've, I've been blessed to travel around the world 
to meet different people, experiences, come to Canada, meet even more different people, be infused with the Caribbean culture here, that I'm just like, my mind is, it cannot fathom sticking to one, right. one thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, so look, like, I, I do. I do, because I'm in an area where, of course, people know I live in Atlanta, right? And, you know, for my, you know, AT aliens watching the, you know, show, there's no knock against them, but I feel that a lot of them have a mindset towards just one style of music, one style. And I love people who have diversity, like yourself, in music. You're trying different things. You're using you know, Afrobeat and Caribbean music, Calypso, and using all these different styles, and you're putting those into your music, and it gives it a good, you know, flavor, and people can kind of resonate with it, and they can groove, you know, a little bit differently. You know, when, when I just hear trap all the time, it's just like, okay, yeah, that's the same 808, that's the same Zaytoven snare that is in, yeah, every, yeah. Is in every song that people are using. But, yeah. I, but I love that. I love how you're using all different styles uh, and for those who are watching, if you've never seen him on, uh, you know, his Instagram channel, him he does videos and he put them up of him just jamming out. And sometimes he'll do um, Indian movie clips. Oh, bro, yeah. Oh, my man. gosh. Those are the... <laughs> no, dude, like all these... So this is, this is the funny thing, right, about even, like, culture. Because, like, as a kid, there was a lot of, uh, like, like Hindi movies were, were demonized, right? Like, a lot of movies mm. were demonized. Because, like, a lot... Okay. I don't make it make it a race thing. It's not, but um, a lot of Caucasian kids who are from Britain were very racist. So mm -hmm. if you came yeah. with your Indian food, you came with Indian culture. They try to make it make you not normal. They try mm -hmm. to normalize this cookie cutter turkey sandwich kind of vibe. And you know, I was <laughs> America, <coughs> America. <coughs> Man, <laughs> yo, 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 dude, yo, like British, British schools, bro, like Mexican level, Mexican level stuff, man. So, like, literally, they try to normalize like all these different cultures to be abnormal, right? Just mm -hmm. very insane as I grew up because I used to try to follow their culture, and mm. it didn't make. Bro, I just started watching like movies, like Hindi movies and like Tamil Nadu movies, like mm -hmm. um, recently, right? And I'm like, yo. It kind of reflects my personality because I'm like a little bit out there too. But <laughs> cool, they used to be like, no, tone it down, tone it down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then like, I just like even the vibrancy, right? Like when they do like the small things like colors and the music, mm -hmm. the lighting, so much flavor, dude. That's and right. I'm just like, I come to decisions. I'm like, do I want to do I want to watch like the old Hindi movie, like in the '80s and the '90s? I want to watch something about serial killers. I'm like, I'm going to the Indian movie, bro. Because right. that's yeah, like, you know? <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, man. I, I take a lot of, I like the, I like the, uh, I, I like the, I like the, uh, the way the Indian movies are, are represented. You know what I mean? Especially mm, the old mm -hmm. movies. I love, not to do with like connection, right? Mm -hmm. And they just go crazy, man. They're like, yo, we got three R's. Let's throw everything. Let's do, let's do the dance numbers. Let's do Dude. The Dude, they be doing it. <laughs> Let's go. They be doing it. They they do it and they do it big. And and I appreciate that. I appreciate that creativity and and you know in their filmmaking. I, I just love it. So let me do. So, so let me go back to Battle of the Beatmakers, right? So so you placed third. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, and you had some people that you were going up against. 
Like I said, I, I mean, I, I literally watched the entire thing. And as I'm watching it, as I'm watching this whole thing, I'm going, hey, wait a minute, is that Bombay? Oh, that's what's up. Like, cause I didn't know. I was like, is that Bombay? Now, yeah. I, think, I think, I think question was at the same one. I think question, question was, ETL, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question, yeah. question was yeah. at the same one. And, and I, and I looked and I was like, yeah, wait a minute. That's question. Maybe yeah. y'all has y'all has some y'all has some competition with flame emoji uh, and unknown an unknown. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! It was like he was disrespectful. Yeah, he was. He was disrespectful. I don't. I don't know who who was the guy who is the uh, the commentator. Oh, tricks. Okay, tricks. Okay, that yeah, dude yeah. is that dude is empty your pockets. He is he is an hilarious because he asked unknown. He's like, where are you from? He was like, I'm from North. North Korea. <laughs> he was like, well, he's from North Korea. Like, wait a minute. He was like, no, no. And you could tell he was, he had a little, but he came, y'all, um, not even just him. Y'all came with yo, tri- yo, crazy tri- fire. Like, yeah, man. Like, dude, like, uh, like that. So it what was insane. Like 2018 and 2019, it was the, uh, it was kind of like the years where like the U.S., a lot of cats from the U.S. were coming in. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people went through Iceland before, like flames emoji and mm-hmm. stuff, right? So yep. like it was super dope. Uh, Hail Caesar was there too. Got uh, the hail. The question ATL unknown. Mm-hmm. So many cats, man. And it was just like, bro, it was like the Infinity War. It was. Like, in it was. Because like we have our local cats, right? When we saw like the list, these local cats like Don Gaz, um, you know, myself, and like a, and a couple other people, and they have all these US cats, and it was literally like, yo, <laughs> and it was like sixty four. I remember 2018, like, the, I had some homies from Detroit, Soundproof. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if, like, those guys are, like, battle, like, beat battlers, bro. Like, I remember, it's a funny story. Uh, they came to Toronto, and I knew these guys before, because 2016, I battled them, and I was so, I was like, these guys are insane. Mm. And literally, they came to Toronto, and then we liaison. We're like, oh, dude, cool, let's, let's, let's go, like, you know, let's chill for a bit, blah, blah, blah. So they had their battle the next, like the second night, and literally, dude, these guys came like swinging, like they came with that Detroit left hook, and this poor guy they were battling, I, I, I don't know his name, but he, he was just like, he was just like me, like not meek, but he was just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. kind of right. So he had his backpack, and he was just like, you know, these two black guys just like <laughs> throwing, like doing the air yes. side, and eventually the beats were crazy hard, but yeah, man, like. But like they 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 had to they caught an L because of that because apparently like it was too aggressive like mm. you know like Toronto battle culture compared to America like I've been I think to I some, saw that one. It, like, I'm sorry. I said I think I saw that one. Like so this is I don't think they filmed it they filmed uh, that was a prelims the one. I'm oh, okay talking. okay yeah 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 okay okay yeah, I get you. The main event but like that that was like another situation but like that one like the prelims. That was crazy because I thought they, they definitely got the W, right? But mm-hmm. Toronto is very different and America is very different. In America, I'm sure they were used to battling that way, right? Like being like super aggressive, really in your face, right? And a lot of personal attacks with like the with like the uh, with like the like the audio clips. In mm-hmm. Toronto, like we just play the beat. <laughs> we just stand there. Yes, like, yeah, like yeah, play the beat. You dance a little bit. <laughs> just do. Do you like me, bro? And it's just like, what? Right. Like, yeah. 
it was crazy, man. Like definitely, it was like this huge. Oh my, twenty eighteen was my favorite one. Twenty nineteen was dope, but twenty eighteen was like my best experience because mm. that was where like you actually got to see all these players come together, right? All these guys, hey, these guys from like the UK, like guys from like Atlanta, guys from um, from like New York, all mm. flooding this local pocket, and then you have producers in Canada from like Etobico, like Rexdale, Scarborough, mm-hmm. like little boroughs here. And then the guys from like, you know, Alberta. So it was just like air, all these dope cats coming through and you cannot slip. Like you can't slip. Yeah, that's the thing. So you literally like, slip. <laughs> I was like, I was like WhatsApping all my homies like in Cyprus and I'm like, yo, what you think of this beat? <laughs> <What'd you laughs> think of this? <laughs> yeah, man. Give me your honest feedback. And they're like, yo, bro, I don't, uh, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I like Battle of the Beatmakers. I love watching. And the reason why I watch it is, is more from a, a learning perspective. Yeah. I mean, it's entertaining to, to watch, you know, tricks and him, you know, making his jokes and doing the things he's doing. Because I believe he's a comedian, right? Yeah. And so, so doing all that and engaging with, you know, the people who are producing and, you know, engaging with the crowd. But I'm listening. I'm listening to go. Why do they do it that way? Okay, I hear, I'm, I'm listening to the sounds that people are using. Like, and, and so, so I'll, I'll, I'll do this, I'll, I'll stick to it. Because one of the guys I was most impressed on that whole show, out of all of y'all, right? I'm just gonna say it anyway, don't feel bad about it, but it was unknown. Like, oh my gosh, I was listening to his stuff and the way that he, just the sounds that he used, I'm like, why did he use that particular sound? Like that's a crazy synth that he used right there. That, and it was just the way that he just kind of mm. structured the, the the melodies, and he went from yeah. one style, and then he went to a completely different style. And it's like, well, wait a minute, that was different. And it was just, it was just, yeah. it was just. A, so that's why I listen. That's why I watch Battle of the Beatmakers. I think yeah. other people watch it for I, other you reasons. Know, but a funny story with Unknown, like. So we met like in the prelims and we we're just chilling. We we're like having drinks and things like that, right? And like you don't know someone until like is you don't know someone until they play their beats, right? Mm-hmm. Especially like, competition. Literally, I thought he was like a drummer, right? And I'm just like, <laughs> like you're tripping everywhere. And he'll admit it too at that moment because he was just hanging alcohol. Oh yeah. And then eventually, like it came, it came to his time to battle, and like. As soon as he played that beat, bro, like this is the prelim stuff, so this is even like scary. Prelims, because you're just like the first time you're hearing everyone. And usually producers do a trick where they archive their posts so you can't see what they're like. Ah, <laughs> uh, see? I don't think he did it, but I noticed a lot of producers used to do that. I'd have all my stuff on my Instagram, like, yo, I'm going to play this beat. So it is like what right it here. is. This beat's coming for you. <laughs> so I remember, like, you played the first beat. And I'm like, oh crap! <laughs> I was like, yo. And then I had to battle him too, and I was like, oh, I was. I, I was know. I watched. I watched, and I was watching this whole thing. Like, oh shoot! Look, it's Bombay and unknown. Oh shoot! And he placed. Oh my gosh! He just placed some. Oh, oh my gosh! Like, I need to go. Where, I, I'm coming. To, I'm. You know, I'm coming to Toronto. I need some of yeah, that. Man, I need. I need some of that. What y'all got? Bro, yeah, we were supposed that's... to have one actually. Like. I think it was it last year or this year? We we're supposed to have one, mm-hmm. and then, like because of, of COVID, they postponed it till this year. Right and now, it's March, man. So, like, COVID, COVID is extended. So. 
So, man, so so let me ask you, man. We've been talking. Like I said, I just like I just like talking, uh, you know, during this segment, you know, versus just being your regular, you know, type of interview. But I do want to ask, you know, for you, what have been some of your own major challenges uh, that you face personally? And what are some things that you've done to either overcome those or what did you learn from those? Okay, yeah, that's a great question, man. Um, so I think I don't want to uh, put every producer in a blanket statement, but personally, there are two things, two or th- no, three things, actually, three things that I've learned. I'm learning actually more. Uh, number one is music theory, like learning basic music theory will take you a long way because I had a lot of deals where, or I had a lot of like opportunities where people were hitting me up. They're like, yo, we want, we want you to do a track for us or we want these beats for this project and we give you X amount of money. We'll give you X, we'll give you this contract. Right. And then I would, I would divulge to them like, oh, yo, I used I used some samples from a record that I had, but no one's going to know, blah, 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 got canceled. I got sync deals that got canceled because I use samples, right? I just took like a chord progression and I played it. They still, they're like, no, we can't use any of that. So I started to started to learn more music theory, like 2018, like learning like chord progressions, mm-hmm. learning how, how everything interplays, sound design became really fun after that. Uh, and then that gives you more opportunities. It gives you more, allows you more room to experiment too, right? Because you start to listen to music in a different way. I listen to like Lonnie Liston Smith and I'm like, yo, this guy's playing a funky ass chord. Mm-hmm. But it's this way they're playing it. It's, you think it's complex, right? But there's so much going around it. But like you listen, listen to the chords. And like, oh, this is pretty, this is, this is manageable. I could do something like this. And then it's crazy. Your music will start to sound like the stuff that you really want to make. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, music theory, man, number one. Oh my God, like that's like paramount. Sampling is great because it teaches you a lot about critical listening. And also like, if, especially getting the urban music, like mm-hmm. and all, you have to go to the basics and see how they did it. You know what I mean? The story of sampling is very beautiful too because it was created from, it was created during a an era where there was really like, um, it was just creating magic from what they had. You know what I mean? Like whatever records they had, that was the music source. They just used it to, 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 to talk about their, their struggles and, you know, their, how they overcame like uh, a lot of their issues. Right. So that was beautiful in itself. So sampling taught me a lot, man. Just like how production works. How do they do these records? Uh, why did they use this sample? Why did they use this loop? Why? Mm-hmm. Like, how did they manipulate it? Because now you start to reverse engineer, and then you apply it in your your framework. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And then number two, legal, like the legal, the legal side of it, like the business side. I'm still like wrapping my head around like copyright, like mm-hmm. all those small royalties and things like that. Still like not too clear to me because it's, it's like a it's just the angle is very 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 weird. So like I can't blame it. That's just that's on me because I have to take the initiative to be like, yo, I, gotta, <laughs> I can't I can't put the blame on the can of the legal law. But like yeah, just number one, number two is like just learning like the basics of it, like your copyrights, your songwriting credits, things like that. And your number three, man, this is like the most important is like self development, dude. Like self, like really thinking about your purpose, right? And like really. Um, kind of 
communication and also like communicating with like artists and songwriters and, and your peers, right? That's like the most important thing I feel because you can be a great music producer. You can learn so much theory. You can know so much about the legal aspect of it, but no one wants to hang out with you. It's a lost cause. You know what I mean? If no one can really relate to you on a personal level, it's not a good look. And I've learned that the hard way. I used to go to studios. You know, people would, would less love the music that I made, but I, my energy was very closed off. So, like, they would appreciate my talent. They would appreciate a lot of things about me, but I wouldn't have the same opportunities as someone who just kind of did the bare minimum but was a mm-hmm. hang out with. You know, that that makes sense. Like, no, no, it does. You know, it's just like, yo, if it's like, bro, you could be like the next 40 Shabib, right? You, you could be the next Pharrell, but if you, bro, if you can't relate to someone on a human level, it's so difficult. It's so difficult, mm. right? Because it's like, how do you communicate your ideas and your, your music is very personal. How do you communicate your goals and your vision and like your, your personal things to someone, right? Like, I've been in songwriting sessions, dude, where it's like me and that person, they just, we admire each other's crafts, but we just don't relate and the music doesn't even come out. Even though like at A&R, I might be like, yo, you two are going to mm-hmm. make some crazy stuff. The next day, hey, what did you guys make? Oh, we just made some beats. Did some, <laughs> you know, did some basic vocals. You know, it's like, it's not, but it's not the same. My homie, I have to give a shout out to my friend, Junior T. So he taught me a lot about like being personable being very in the moment so i would see him sometimes in the studio and literally like (laughs) he would talk to the artist for like an hour an hour and a half right instead of going straight to work he'll sit with them have a drink with them talk to them about their personal life what's going on things like that trying to get a more more of an understanding of where they are in their life and then they start talking about ideas and they start branching out into like, okay, let's let's try something with this. And then literally they'll make a song together. Mm-hmm. You know, see how different the thought process is. Compared to me just walking in the studio with my backpack, setting everything up. Hey, how's it going? Start making a beat. Okay, hey, but where's the connection? And that's something right. I learned like, this year. Like, <laughs> I like it's crazy because it's something that not many people talk about. Like, no one really talks about like the self-development part right a lot of producers mm. I, do, I talk in, in like general talking they're like yo i don't know my stuff is good enough I'm like dude how do you know like that's that's you projecting right. it's, it's, and that's something that i remember doing about the beat makers i used to think my stuff wasn't that good either but it's like well you have to own it because if you don't own it no one else is yeah like yeah you're right and like you can't like and that's the crazy thing right like you can't get to that next level unless you just own it you're like yo no i'm really good i provide something that is unique to me right mm-hmm. i can provide something to you that's very unique to you as a i have a value as a person right instead of being in a co- competitive kind of frame of just like yo i gotta get better like this person i can do like that mm-hmm. no man, we all have something we contribute but also like just being in a frame like we're making something together I think of song as like a baby, right? It's right. like you're with yep. the, the singer or, a, or like a rapper and you're the producer. You're basically making a, a baby together. Like, like hey, we're having a baby. 
like <laughs> you're making something <laughs> like you're making something crazy right you're making something dope you're making right. making you make you're basically combining both your dreams and your visions together you're moving right mm-hmm. and that's like you your both of your energies have to be doing this if they're not then it's just not going to come out right and and i feel being open is you know trust me dude gems that's <laughs> a gem right there yes and, and that's like it's scary because i think we all have i, I hate to deviate but empathy, i feel like you have to be open in music because um you have to like be able to trust people right like you can't make the best music if you're not if you're if you're in a frame of like yo someone's gonna screw me over and you're just <sighs> you don't have that energy I man i wouldn't want to work with, i would not want to work with anyone like that and i keep my circle super small i'm like yeah, me too call me through zoom like unless <laughs> 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 like and like i'll be ticket very rarely i'm like i'll meet you at the studio right and like and most of my homies are like that too we're not like just taking calls left and right like i'm not that like the, you know I, mm-hmm. I'm not that hungry for that that kind of because you you have to be aware about the energy that's coming in, right? You just don't know. And I personally, yeah, I believe you have to be on that on that level of just being like, yo, I I am worthy, and and that's why self development is so so great in this field, right? Because being, right. being open is is like super important. That's right. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I mean, the whole music theory part. You know, I'm actually sitting, I'm actually learning more about music theory now myself, you know, as a you know, part-time producer, you know, so, <laughs> so yeah. I'm learning about music theory and, yeah, and, uh, sometimes I find myself going, cause I can't play, I can't play. I mean, I'm just, you know, actually I just learned to play, uh, J Cole love yours on the piano. Like the whole, yeah. Yeah. That That's was amazing. the first, I, I was like, I'm gonna learn, if I'm gonna learn something, I'm gonna learn how to play that. And so, um, yeah, I've been, I play it every day. Love yours just to, and then I, that kind of warms me up to get my you yeah. know, hands in it. But, you know, we talked about Ableton. We were like, yeah, Ableton. Like Ableton has a whole chord feature in Ableton 11 now where I can draw in kind of like FL Studio. I can, yeah, draw yeah. My, I can draw in my chords. So I don't have to use a loop or a sample. It's like I can make my own. Why? Because they have a chord feature just like how FL Studio does. Um, but yeah, you know, Dude, man, this is cheat codes on cheat codes, man. Cheat codes, like, cheat codes, and cheat codes, and you know, I, the scale or two. Yeah. There's uh, in yeah. reason. There's a chords and scales in reason. You can press one button, play a you know E minor scale. I mean, they're making things easier now for us who don't know music theory, but still want to take advantage of those opportunities that come our way, where we don't have to you know use samples and loop packs and stuff like that, where the customer is kind of like, mm, well, mm, we, we, we can't use those, you know? So I think music theory is super, super critical. Just understanding something about it so your ideas can be expressed to their fullest. If I'm just stuck in loops all day, yeah, I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, That's, no, yeah. I, I, love, I love loops, I, I, I especially like if they're from, from like other producer like peers. Mm-hmm. I love because it gives your mind like a break, right? Like that's oh, right. Different. Well, yeah, man. I think like even like music theory, dude, was just like something I was. Unfortunately, I was very like, no, I don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like this, but you know what? It's crazy. It was under the guise of I just want. So the reason I didn't want to do it is because the real reason was because it was tough, right? 
But yeah, they, same. They, yep. they use the guise of, I want to be a boom bap producer and that's pure to the craft, man. And I use that <laughs> as a headline to hide this, right? Mm. So it's an interesting thing, right? Like we have to take those risks. Just be like, yo, that's right. You know, just learn it. What's the what's the worst that can happen? That's right. Yeah, you're right. You know, you know. One of the questions I, I I wanted to ask you is, what advice would you give people coming into this music industry? But I think, you know, what you just talked about would be, you know, those gems that people need in order to be in this music industry. That self development, understanding the legal side, the business side, and the you know, the music theory. Is there anything else that you would add in regards to advice you would give somebody coming into this into this field? I honestly, man, this might sound. It's not, I'm not trying to sound corny, but go and like be the producer that you that you want to be, right? Like, like mm. when I say that, it's like don't make music based on what your peers want you to make, right? Well, right. I have, I have, I have a good friend of mine. He's like, uh, he really likes trap. He's kind of like hard hip hop stuff. I like it mm -hmm. too. But I'm more like. I'm more Afrobeat, more like, more this way, right? Right. And he literally tell me like, yo, you need to make easy press. And I'm like, you know what? I get it. I, I, he's coming from a mind from a, I care for you. And I think this is how you're going to make money, right? And I, I mm -hmm. listen to it. I'm like, okay, cool. But at the same time, my heart tells me to make music like this. You know That's what right. I mean? And dude, there are some days I might get mad. I'll be like, the pads and stuff. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Right, but this today is not the day, right? Mm -hmm. And we, I think you have to understand, like you're not like everyone else. Like I could not be Nav. I couldn't be um, just because me and Nav are Indian doesn't mean we have to be alike. You know what I mean? Just because, right. and and just because forty and me are in Toronto doesn't mean we have to be like forty. I'm just Bombay, you know. I'm just me. And I think once you get more comfortable to that fact, like just start to skyrocket. And it's That's crazy because right. I. You know, and dude, I'm not going to say that takes, it doesn't take like six months to get to that. It took mm. me like six years and I'm still learning. I'm still like, like, okay, musically, I'm cool. I know the plugins. I know what to use. I know the templates. Like, that's whatever, right? Legal stuff happens as it happens. It's just through self-learning. The self-development part is the most important part because mm. like that's my right now. But I think most producers just have to like, if you're just starting, don't even, you have to just worry about your craft. Worry about like what plugins to use, what uh, what kind of style of music you want to make. So like, I think Illmind had a good tip was, if you like Jay Dilla, make beats like Jay Dilla, just to get an understanding of how they do it. Mm -hmm. And then from there, like, okay, let's say you like, oh, I like how the Neptunes use chords. Okay, so learn about music theory, and then you can combine like that Jay Dilla like those those Jay Dilla kind of slumpy drum techniques and like mm -hmm. chords and sound design and then now you have this old this little monster that well now I wouldn't say monster right. word but like but you get something that's unique to you right now people are hitting you up like yo dude I like the slumpy drums that reminds me of Jay Dilla and I like the chords because it reminds me mm -hmm. of Chad and then do it like you know you just don't know that's right Luger and Timberland just put them together just and but the thing is you're not doing it. You're doing it from a place of like, oh, this is something that I think people need. This is something that this is a vibration I think people would want to hear, right? Mm -hmm. Music on the fact that I'm like, oh, yo, this is what 
uh, this, is, this is something that I want to make and I feel like this person would be good on it. You know what I right. mean? Right. I, don't, I don't try to like, you know, I don't try to be innovative. That just mm. happens. Like you just- It just happens. The, just go with the flow, man. And you just you just keep hammering those keys, keep hitting those drum pads. Mm-hmm. And eventually, yeah. And then you just get more closer and closer to yourself. Sky's the limits because you, I mean, because you're doing what, what naturally comes to you. Interstellar, man. Interstellar. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Man, so, man, so we've been talking for, for a while. I've been enjoying the conversation, brother. It's been, it's been amazing, you know, but, but tell people where they can find you. How can they connect with you and how can they hear, you know, more about what Bombay is doing? For sure, man. So my I usually use my Instagram a lot. So my Instagram is Hey Bombay One. I do have a TikTok, but I don't really post much on it. It's just Hey Bombay. You know, take you know, I'm just I'm trying to wrap my head around it. It's cool. I really like it. <laughs> I seen Jay Black for some stuff. Let's shout out Jay Black. He he posts some cool TikToks. But yeah, I just use those two platforms at the moment. And yeah, all my links are there too. Yeah, yeah. So y'all make sure y'all check him out. Hey, Bombay One, at his, uh, you know, on all his social media platforms. But yeah, I feel the same way. I got TikTok, but I rarely use TikTok. You know, I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah. I'm, an, I'm an Instagrammer. I like Instagram. The algorithm for TikTok is fire, dude. Like, it, fire. It is, like, oh, I think it makes some conversations I have with my homies, and it's like, hey, remember that time you and your buddy were talking about this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I wish Instagram's algorithm was so much different than what it was. But yeah, man, you know, be. you know. But I'm not in control. It's not my platform. I don't own. You know. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Instagram algorithm, man. It's just so. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, I think like I use Instagram is kind of like how I use Facebook. Like, <laughs> like it's becoming like that because like to yeah. the point. I'm I mean, they're the same company. Um, Facebook, trust I me, barely, I, yeah, I, I barely use Facebook. Yeah, man. Like Facebook, I got tagged in one post. I'm like, yeah. Like, you know, like, okay. It, you know, and, and I mean, I think that's advice for music creators too: is choose what platform on social media actually works for you. I mean, don't try to use all of them if all of them don't work. You know, I mean, I've used TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all these others, and the ones that work for me is Twitter. I mean, not Twitter, <laughs> it's Twitter. I would say the one that doesn't work for me is Twitter and Facebook and TikTok. But the right. one that works is Instagram. I mean, that's the one I'm always on. I'm trying to learn TikTok. I have a, I have a, um, a cousin that's on TikTok. He got like 350 some thousand followers on TikTok. I'm like, how Jeez. though? I'm like, how? How? Like, how do you have that many? Like, what do you do? I can get yeah. two. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it is what it is. But, uh. Man, Bombay, it's, like I said, man, it's been a pleasure having you on. Stick around for just a moment as I get ready to close this out. I greatly, once again, appreciate you being here, sharing your story with us, and just, man, just having a really great time and just learning about you and what you do. Uh, so, Yo, thank I, mean, I just you, really sir. appreciate it. Yes, man, thank, thank you. So, stick around for just one moment. Ladies and gentlemen, wow, once again, you know, we had a great conversation with my man, Bombay, up in Toronto, uh, you know, I mean, maybe one day he's going to produce for, you know, Drizzy Drake. You know what I'm saying? Hey, 
Hey, the sky's the limit. But uh, man, we I appreciate all of you tuning in as always every Monday and every Thursday at 7 p.m. You can catch all of our live segments here at We Create Music TV. And you can also check out all of our master classes and things that we offer as well. So keep on the lookout, right? So make sure you hit that bell to get notified of new content. Make sure you subscribe to our channel just to help us make this content more available to, to others. Helps our numbers go up and our ranking and posting on, uh, on YouTube. But once again, thank you very much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate all of you. Have a great evening, morning, afternoon, whatever it is for wherever you are. Uh, but thank you for tuning in and we're out. Peace.